Hello all, welcome. We're so excited to talk to you today. I have the probably most exciting guest on today. Well, we have Kaylani Young and she's a human design reader. She gave me probably the most impactful human design reading that I've ever had. And funny enough, I found her on TikTok, which I was never a converter on TikTok. Even though I have my own TikTok, a lot of you people have probably found me on TikTok, but I wasn't a big converter because it just something felt a little off about it. That was until I found Kehlani. So I found out I was a quad right. I was researching my human design, found out I was a quad right. Of course, naturally went to Google and I started typing in quad right. And the articles that I'm getting are just felt so flat. I felt like they weren't really describing me. They're calling me an alien. I just didn't know what it really meant. And I was like, I remembered this little tidbit about how Gen Z actually uses TikTok as their main Google, like their search engine. And I was like, I'm just going to put quad right in there. It was like the first time I really use search on there. I'm normally just like an FYP person. And I put in quad right and Kaylani showed up and it was like instantly, I just felt like all of my anxiety fall down and just dissipate. And I was like, this is me. Like everything that she was describing felt like me. And it really gave me a sense of peace. And so naturally I instantly hit follow. There, there's like content creators on there that I like just want to see like every other video, maybe one in 10 videos. I like cannot get enough of her content. I feel like it's always so spot on. It's so informative and it unlocks. It's I think that's actually the perfect metaphor. It's always unlocking new things within me. Anytime I'm hearing, even when she's talking about a projector, I'm like, oh, that's fascinating because then I can apply it to my friends. And it's a really open and expansive view of human design. So Without further ado, I'm going to bring her on. We're going to talk all things, and we're not going to just do that surface level stuff. We actually are both quadrites, so going deep is our thing, and I'm really excited to see what we pull out. We're definitely going to talk a lot about the awareness and how awareness is so important in your spiritual practice, energy, essence, power, deconditioning, and just what does it mean to be an individual now, and like what is this new age we're moving into? With that, Kailani, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. That was the most beautiful intro. I'm just soaking all of this up. It's so beautiful to hear. And I loved our conversations before. I'm really excited to dive into this because your awareness and experience with human design, as well as astrology, studying this for years, tarot, everything. We just had one of the most beautiful sessions ever. I learned so much from that. I took so much away from that. So I'm very excited to dive into everything human design and being quite right today. Oh my gosh. Thanks. Yeah. Our session was insane. And we'll give you all the details people um, at the end of this, how you can book with Kehlani. But let me just tell you, it was probably one of, again, the most impactful readings I've ever had. And so we'll get all into that. But to start, I just am curious, like what led you to human design? What's the origin story of you and human design? Like, how'd you get here? So my friend introduced it to me and she just, we were meeting up one day and she said, have you heard of human design? I'm like, what is that? We're both very into astrology, into self-development, self-awareness. And we'd been going on all of these journeys, really gaining deeper self-awareness and working with psychedelics and things like that. And so I pulled my chart. I got this short report, the human design school where you go through like seven steps on this archaic website, trying to get yes. your design. And I was reading through as they talked about being emotional, being a generator. And I was like, what is this? This is so weird. So I started Googling human design cult. 
human design scam <laughs> and looking I did the up same my- thing. <laughs> I did you? the same thing. Yes. <laughs> I was like, this is weird. Let me see what Reddit says about this. And the more I found, the deeper I really dove into this, I was like, this is the most advanced information I've ever come across. This makes sense. Now all the dots are connecting and it just launched this insane journey where the first year was just this discovery and diving through all the Instagram posts and the blog posts. And I'm a generator, woohoo. And then I hit my shattering and I was like, yes. human design is the worst. Yes. My life is falling apart. <laughs> and it just goes from there and there. So now I'm three years in and almost halfway through that seven year de- de- deconditioning process, which is pretty wild, but yeah, it's been a really interesting journey. What about you? How did you come across it? I was a s- it was 2016. And I was like reading a bunch of different blogs at that time. And someone had mentioned human design. And when I, when you first put human design into Google back then, what would come up would be like human design, like how to design for humans. It hadn't like you, it was, you had to go like page two or three to find what human design, this practice, this modality was. And I put it in and I read and I was like, okay, I'm a generator. That sucks. I want to be something cool and special. I want to be a manifester because you just think manifesting, like everything's easy for you. And then once I started learning more and more about it, I was like, okay, this makes sense. Like this applies to me, but I re I went through a really long shattering where I hated human design probably for a year and a half, two years. I was like, it's dumb. Like it, like how am I supposed to live in this society? Like with, and like aligned to all these rules. It just, I rejected it really hard. And then in 2021, I came back around to it and I was testing it out again. And I was like, you know what, if generator doesn't like feel good for me, I'm going to put that aside. Okay. What? Well, let's just start noticing when I'm frustrated. How about that? Just start noticing when you're satisfied versus frustrated. And then I started doing a really slow practice with it, which was a lifesaver for me because then it once one little element clicks, it's okay. Now I can move on. And it feels like there's more self-trust with the process to a point now where I'm obsessed with the variables as you, I know you also are. And I can't wait to dive all into that because I feel like, oh my, I'm a kitchen environment and shifting like my environment around me to be like this open, expansive, like laboratory where everything is like out. Like I have like my 15 different notebooks here. I'll show you look at these pens and stuff. I have a whole nother one full. And I just need to see all these. I like, I need to have all of these tools all around me. And like the more that I like opened up to that and broke away from you should be minimal to no, you like having like your spice rack wide open. Like that's cool. Just do that has really helped me. And I think I've had three or four human design readings over the years, like one really early on. And then another one that was from a generator. Cause at first, a lot of people teaching it were just projectors. And I felt like they didn't really get me. I think we've probably evolved since then, but it was like, then I worked with a generator who was really wonderful. And she's the one who kind of pointed out that I was a quad right. And then that led me to you on YouTube or on TikTok. So Mm. yeah, it's been all over the place. I, when I broke away from human design though, I actually went to Gene Keys. I thought Gene Keys was Mm. a really safe introduction or like furthering of the education that wasn't so much like the gates and the channels were, it just became too much during that time. Yeah. And the gene keys, what I really love about that transmission is that it brings this poetry to the gates, to our mm-hmm. essence. I think Richard Rudd is just has this beautiful contemplative nature. And I, I love that about the gene keys. And I, I imagine that a lot of quad right people or receptive people might resonate with the gene keys because 
it's all about contemplation. And as generator types, it looks like over 70% of the planet defined sacrals. We have rave minds. We have rave architecture. Our experience is going to be very different. We're also emotional. So Mm -hmm. the way we show up as emotional quadrate generators looks very different from the next generator and the next from the next one. We're all totally unique. The literature about generators, these energizer bunnies that hop out of bed. I was like, what are you talking about? Or designed to be on the move, on the go, doing things all the time. I'm like, that sounds terrible. I feel like I must be a projector. (laughs) I must be a projector because I need constant rest. I need constant time alone. I need, so it just, it's too simplified. And variables really, for me as well, what connected the dots of everything makes sense now. This is why my life looks the way it does. This is why five-year plans and strategy didn't work for me. And this is why socializing, it just, it really covers everything. Why did I show up that way? And then five minutes later, I talked to someone else and it's a totally different energy and vibe. So much of our being is in response to the people we're around. We have, you have a totally open throat. I'm looking at your chart right now. (laughs) So undefined G center, you know, there's, there's this fluidity with your being and it's so beautiful. And so that how you show up. I imagine that some people might not be able to type you as a generator initially. Do you find that people are able to type your generator type if they're in human design or not as easily? I think not as easily. I think people a lot of times think I'm a manigen. They think I do a lot more than I actually do. I'm able to get a lot done in a short amount of time. And then I do a lot of resting, like you're saying. And yeah, I think that my, my biggest thing is I've always felt like a little bit like a fraud, like I'm a chameleon. And like, why do I change myself with whoever I'm talking to? I'm always like a different person. And I had a lot of shame around that for a, a really long time until I just realized like, that's one of my variables being quad, just being like, really, I turn into the person that's in front of me. And I tend to be a mirror back to people. And at the same time, it's like, learning how to then also maintain my, like my individuality, my sense of self while I'm also doing that. And I think I didn't realize I could do both. And that's part of the reason why I really appreciated like what you've been saying about like the individual and how important it is to be an individual right now. And that's actually where we're evolving into and curious. I would like to turn that back. Like you want to give a little like background of what that means and what we're talking about with the next phases of evolution. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So we are similar to astrology. We talk about the age of Aquarius, the age of Pisces. There's a similar thing happening in human design where the background frequency is starting to shift. And in 2027, in February, 2027 is when we officially move into the age of the individual. We've been in this cross of planning frequency for a couple hundred years And it's been more focused on skill development, investigation, research, discovery, first line energy, really discovering our inner truth. So a lot of people finding human design in this last decade, and especially since 2020, that the frequency we're experiencing is already coming into play. We're already sensing that. It's not like 2027, we wake up and everything's different. (laughs) This has been going on for a little while And people are looking at what really makes me happy. Do I really want to just work in tech? And I don't know, should I just go down that path? It doesn't feel as available as it did before. Things are starting to break down. And yeah, cross of planning energy, you could think of this as community, working together, sacrificing our individual needs for the larger whole to be able to support community. 
living in big apartment buildings and working at corporations with thousands of employees. This is very cross of planning energy, as well as Red Cross, Doctors Without Borders, all these organizations. So I don't like to step into like the fear mongering territory with 2027. There is a lot of different perspectives out there on what may happen, but I don't think we'll see the biggest shifts until a few decades in, but we can expect this shift towards focusing on individual needs. People are going to be very busy being themselves, focusing on themselves, doing what's right for them. The channel of charisma, that peer manifesting generator channel is going to be a primary aspect of this background frequency. That 2034 is about being busy in the now, doing things for yourself in the now. <laughs> it's responding in the moment. This is really an opportune time for a lot of people, whether they're using human design or astrology or any other modality or system to really start exploring their inner truth, to know how to make decisions for themselves, to be able to stand alone, to rely on their individual knowing in order to be able to then finally commune with others and have healthy relationships and know that in the coming times, you will be okay. No matter how destabilized things get, even if the banking system collapses, you'll be okay. We just need to be able to stand on our own two feet and know how to make decisions for ourselves. And this is literally why I'm in human design and why I do this work, because I think it's so important to be able to wake up our own individuality, to be aware of our own needs, to know where do I end and where does someone else begin, which is my existential question as an open G quad right undefined <laughs> throw. Like, right? I'm like, I don't know where I end and you begin. So being able to discern um, between myself and another and to be able to know when I'm satisfied, when I'm healthy and be able to make those decisions for myself, no matter what people say, has given me this resilience to know that no matter what happens, no matter what goes on in the next few decades, I'm going to be just fine. And that's really what I want other people to be able to experience as well. Oh my gosh. You're lighting me up so much right now. This is everything. I feel this so deeply, not only like in myself and what I'm experiencing for myself, but also in the readings that I do for people. I'm just, everyone's really, there's this really beautiful, wild, energetic shift that I'm getting in so many of my clients where I, the, if they're trying to go after some sort of idea of what success looks like or some sort of idea of what fulfillment will look like without actually being like in their bodies and like checking in with like their own personal energetic system, they're not getting there. They're coming back like every six months. They're like, I haven't found my person yet. I haven't gotten the job yet and I haven't done. And it's like, but are you listening to yourself? Are you following what actually feels good and right for you? And can you and going to, if the banking system collapsed, like I, I know I'll be okay. That's an element of trust. And I think if there was one thing I could snap on for people, like that I would think would be a huge game changer is a sense of trust in the self. And honestly, like I, in energy, the universe, whatever it might be, but just like, you can't control it. And the more and more I've worked in like spiritual modalities, I've been psychotically invested in astrology tarot. I think I read the secret when I was like 14. Like I just was like always into this realm. I do have six planets in my eighth house. So there's that. And I have always found that I really just want to get to this place where like, I just, everything's easeful. Everything is just perfect. And it's only been the past couple of years. And I'm realizing that like that never will exist. And 
what will make things useful is if I have a sense of self-trust, if I know myself and I'm able to bring awareness to myself and bring, it's honestly like it's witnessing myself and giving myself pause between a cause and a reaction. I don't know, just like word vomited my quad self, like just word vomited there. So curious, like any reactions to that thoughts? How does that resonate for you? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. As you were talking about this, I was thinking about, yes, role modeling. When we look at the profile, we see there's two numbers for anyone who's not super familiar with this. The first number is associated with our personality, our essence. So you have this fourth line personality that's a connector, which is designed to externalize to the other, which is beautiful. And then the six line body. So the second number in your profile is how you're moving through the world. This is really the role. This is how other people see you. And so moving up onto the roof and stepping from that third line phase of trial and error, experimenting into what it is to be the role model. And role modeling, as we know, is about modeling your unique purpose, being able to be yourself no matter what. And what you were just talking about that, it's just a beautiful example of role modeling your own process. And in that you can be a leader and an inspiration for others to be able to find their own truth. Role modeling is not about perfection and it's not about this is the right way to be. It's about what is correct for you, not looking at what everyone else is doing, but really finding that for ourselves, discovering our own inner truth and experimenting with these different systems to really see like the synthesis of it, which is also a quad right thing, being able to absorb all of this knowledge, all of this information and synthesize it in a different way to be able to then express it. When Mm -hmm. someone calls on you, when someone calls on that role model, you're able to externalize that to your community. That really clicked for me when you made a TikTok recently about role modeling. I don't have to try and make myself be somebody. It's more about, again, just being fully myself and then that will be its role model. And it makes me think about most of the people I've really looked up to or admired in my life. Are there just themselves? They're just they're just cool because they just don't care. And they just move through the world that feels like in a way that's very aligned for them. And when I saw that TikTok of yours, I was like, oh, that's why if you try to be cool, you're hardly ever cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I really liked that part of that. Oh, there was something else that you just said that I was like, really wanted to tap into a little bit more. Also real quick, everyone, when we're talking about quad, right, we're saying the four variable arrows are all pointing, right? And so those are all four of those arrows pointing right make us we're just in a state where we are constantly just filtering things in like from around us and we don't really have strong strategy or i think that i don't want to say it's like we don't have like force in this world but it's more like we sit and we observe do you want to share a little bit about the quadrate oh the really unique thing about the quadrate being is that they're not really designed to have purpose purpose is strategic Someone who has a lot of left-facing variables, a strategic mind, a focused view, they're defined by what they do in the world. They're designed to approach things in a more target-oriented way, because for a long time, the most important thing was our ability to survive. Now that we're these Uranian beings, we have this 84-year rough life cycle, and we're moving towards the age of the individual, it's more about communion with others. So for a quad right person, it can feel like this exhale in a way. Oh, I'm just here to be. I'm here to be existential. I'm not here to be defined by what I do. And so a quad right person, it doesn't matter what their job is. It doesn't matter what their title is. It doesn't matter what they do in the world. 
everything is just an opportunity to get their awareness out. Everything is a potential vehicle for their creativity, for their awareness. That is really our purpose. If we want to look at it from that perspective is to be aware, to be present, to be existential and to act as a resource for others. If the internet does collapse in 30 years, who are you going to go to? When you have a question, when you want information, you're going to go to someone who's quad. We're designed to be like these computers that store all of this information. Ra described it as the library of Alexandria. We just store everything in there. We cannot access it ourselves. It needs to be pulled from us. And so the more right-facing variables one has, especially on the personality side, looking at the mind and the view, the more you might resonate with what I'm saying here, that you can't necessarily access your own awareness. You don't necessarily know what you know because you're designed to be a resource for others, not yourself. Strategic mind learns for its own potential. They can come and pull from us something to support their potential, their development, their agenda with how they're going through life. We are here to be this resource. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's the most satisfying thing when someone just comes to me with questions or they're like, I want to dive into this and we can just go there and we can vibe on all this stuff. It's the best feeling being used as a resource. It is honestly, it's, it is the best. It makes me feel most alive. It makes me feel most lit up at me. And I've, I really am waiting for the day where I have a really like great physical community around me that I can sit, like people just come over and they have a cup of coffee and we talk and they ask the questions and they pull the things out of me. I love that idea. Like it just, that feels like heaven to me. And I think that you really explained that very beautifully of like how like my experience has been, and that resonates very strongly for me. And I think one of the most interesting things too, I, I've always experienced that in my life where people will come up to me and ask me questions and, or they'll just be like, they'll just say something like, Oh, when was like, when did the moon land or when was the moon landing? And I just spit out the year. And I'm like, I didn't know I knew that. Like, how did that happen? And I love that human design has a little bit of an answer for that, or a little bit of an idea of like how that is. So one thing that you touched on that I think is a really cool interesting thing that I am obsessed with at this moment is the paradox of even though we're entering into the age of the individual, it's actually even more important for community and it's going to have more benefits for community. And there's a little bit of a paradox there because I think a lot of us right now think that if I just care for myself, then I'm not going to take care of other people. I'm going to shut people out or it's I feel like we've almost, people think we have been living in the age of the individual because so many people are like, mine, 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 but we're not living in the age of an individual from the sense of, Hey, like, how do I be the best version of myself? Or how do I know myself and live from a place of alignment? We're taking, we see the, almost the community. We see like the uh, abundance of resources around us. And we say, my, my, mind, trying to grab it all and apply it to ourselves. It's like almost we're stripping from the community, giving to ourselves where we're going to reverse that. It feels and be like, I feel secure in myself. And how can I best support my community? Do you, how do you feel about that? That is my deepest hope. It really yes. is because yes. that mind, the hoarding I see is very much like strategic cross of planning the people at the bottom, the people at the top and that discrepancy I have power view. So I'm always looking at the material plane. I'm quad right, but my lens is always material plane 
what's working, what isn't, who's at the top, who's at the bottom. So it's, this is where like like the fire comes online for me because I'm like, no, we've got to change it. We've got to burn it down. And so my deepest hope is that this is the direction we move in because exactly what you said, when we are able to focus on our individual needs, this doesn't mean that we don't care about community. We don't care about anyone. It's truly when we put on our oxygen mask first that we support ourselves as individuals, that we can truly commune with others. Because I've talked to a lot of people who have been in human design for a couple of years about this process of certain friendships or relationships aren't really aligning. And am I just changing? This is hard. I feel like I'm feeling better. I'm feeling more like myself, but people aren't loving this necessarily. And what I have seen in my own process is that the more I prioritize myself and my energy and my individuality, the easier it is for me to be open to everyone. Yes. And when someone else prioritizes themselves, I'm like, I don't need to worry about you. I know that you're going to really advocate on your own behalf or whatever you may need. If you want to go home, you're going to go home. If you want to come to this thing, you're going to come to this thing. If not, you won't. I don't need to dance around it. There's no strategy there. There's no trying to read between the lines. I don't do that anymore. You cannot communicate directly. If you cannot advocate on your own behalf and really choose yourself, or if you're doing something only to make me happy, that makes me sad. So I really see that when we are able to be ourselves and we're able to stand on our own two feet, this is when we can have the most beautiful relationships. And this is also that six line theme of age 50 is when we come down off the roof and this is when we find our true love and all of that. It's really because that is our ultimate flowering of the deepest love and acceptance for ourselves. That when we deeply love and accept ourselves, we can deeply love and accept the other. So mm-hmm. for any six signs who may have heard about, you're not going to find true love until you're 50. It's not necessarily the case. You could find that your partner that you've been with for 25 years at that point, you're just more in love with them than ever because you fully accept them as they are in all of their uniqueness. And so as we go deeper into our process and sit up on our roofs, there's this process of looking at everyone and seeing their perfection, their inherent perfection and being truly open to them. And that I think is what the age of the individual is really about. And the sixth line age that we're moving into, we're being asked to be ourselves, to role model our uniqueness. And then we can really commune with each other without the strategic agendas that have really messed things up in the past. Now, of course, it's going to take a long time for these shifts to happen. A lot of people still live with the cross of planning as their incarnation cross. And we have all these different channels that won't even be active in a couple of decades, but we're still carrying this energy of the cross that we've been in. So it'll take some time to see these shifts, but the more we can focus on our individual selves and needs now, the better off we will be as well as everyone in our community. Yes, exactly. And so I think that's a really important point just to be a reminder, especially I tend to have perfectionist mindset. And so I think it's really healthy to remember, like just take it day by day and like really try and open up and see how you can experiment and get curious with yourself. The more curious you are with yourself, the more you're going to see that things can be easeful and it can be easeful just because you don't take on as much. You don't care as much because you have that again, self-trust and self-understanding. It's interesting because I, my, my whole story that I've shared on multiple platforms is my kind of spiritual awakening or breaking point was when I was 26 and I had to come to like face to face with an eating disorder that I had since like elementary school. And it was so 
hidden to me. And it was all of a sudden very, like just one snap to me open. And in the next three years that I went from 26 to 29, I went so, so deep, um, taking care of myself, understanding myself, forgiving myself, really going through a really intense deconditioning process. And through that deconditioning process, I came to the awareness that the more that I love myself, the more that I'm able to help other people. And so that's always been an underlying, not mantra, more like a goal mission of my business is I just want people to understand that it's okay and safe to be, like love themselves or care about themselves or be aligned with that inner essence that's within all of us. And when you are, when you're in that alignment, when you feel safe as yourself, you will naturally be a better sister, wife, girlfriend, partner, colleague, put in any sort of identity label in there. And you will be a better one because you care, you, you just are that much more at ease with yourself. And I'm curious, like talking, I know you and I are obsessed with this idea of deconditioning. And I, whenever I bring it up on TikTok, people are like, what is that? And how do I do it? And I'm like, it's your own path to start, <laughs> but you can definitely use human design as a tool, as a lightly, a light map almost, if you will, through deconditioning. So you want to maybe talk us through what that might look like? Yeah. So the idea of deconditioning is really that if we were raised as our true selves from the moment of birth, we wouldn't need to decondition anything. Human design really came into existence so that as adults, we can learn this to raise the next generation of children as themselves. Human design wasn't really for us. It was for us to be able to use and we go through this deconditioning process of seeing this false self that's been built on top of our true self. We've been conditioned by the school system that we grew up in, by our family, by society. If we're quad right, we've been conditioned to be strategic. If you're a generator, you've been conditioned to be a manifester. Nike's just do it slogans and these just go after it, make it happen. That manifester propaganda, you know, yes. is something that we need to <laughs> decondition from to be ourselves. And in human design, there's this seven-year process where you completely renew yourself where the first few years, really the first three, three and a half years are all about deconstructing this false self, breaking down the beliefs you have, the patterns that are at play, really identifying who you are and who you're not. When we look at the undefined centers in a human design chart, this is where we often see a lot of not self-conditioning because we think that we're missing something. Both of us having undefined G centers this center is about, it's a center of self, it's identity, it's our direction, it's love. This can lead to a lot of pain of thinking that we're missing something, looking for love, looking for direction, wondering why aren't we consistent? Why aren't we that person who walks into the room and they're here, you know, that, that person, that friend that's just all bringing the certain vibe. We're not here to do that through deconditioning. We can discover I'm here to be a little bit of everything. I'm here to be completely malleable. I actually belong everywhere. I can go to any country, blend in and feel like a local. When people meet me, they can be experience their own identity reflected back to them a little bit. And in our work, we're able to tune in to the identity, the direction of another to be able to see where things are misaligned. So the conditioning in that center can then become our deepest wisdom. So the undefined centers in our chart are really where we're here to go to school. 
in this lifetime. So deconditioning all of the not self programming, thinking that we should be something else, thinking that we should be doing something else. And then we begin to reconstruct our true self, which is where we begin to rely on our true strategy and authority to be able to build from our defined centers, be able to share an impact from there, to not feel like we're missing anything and to really enjoy the fluid nature of being and to rely on our body and not our mind because the mind is a great tool, but a terrible decision maker. Yes. (laughs) Conditioning process is for me, it's really about educating my mind enough to relax and let go of control That's what the human design experiment is really about. You don't need to tell a two-year-old to trust themselves. They've never considered that they shouldn't trust them. For us, it's really this process of, can I just let go of the reins and relax into being and just be who I am? And through that process, we start to see ourselves in a different light. Maybe we start to like ourselves a little bit. We start to respect ourselves and start to move with self-respect. And then through that process, eventually love ourselves completely as we are. And one other thing I'll say about this, there was this TikTok trend going around a little bit ago talking about the sauce. Who has the sauce? What celebrities have the sauce? I don't know if you came across that. It's so funny because I saw all this and I'm like, every person that they're talking about, like who really has that sauce? Who's cool without trying to be cool? It's just simply describing who is completely at ease with themselves. Yes. Who is just being themselves and they're not thinking about whether or not people like them. And people might think that I got to develop the confidence to not care what people think. But it's again, approaching it mentally. I'm just going to act like I don't care. Let me just, let me, let me just love myself. Right. I'm like, the reason it's so hard is because there's so much conditioning there thinking that you should be something else, thinking that we should be certain in our undefined ajnas that we need to be inspiring in our undefined head centers. There's all this conditioning that once we identify it and start to break it down, then we experience that ease and then start developing your own sauce and just living that out. Yes. It's more akin to, it's not an additive being like finding yourself isn't by adding things to your life. It's about revealing and unfolding and I like the more that you can just, it's exhales. That's like how it feels in my body. When I know that I'm being myself, I feel like I'm like living from a place of an exhale. Like things just feel a little softer. And there we, I just made a TikTok about this, how I feel like we have been obsessed as a society with the mind for a very long time. Let's even start with the enlightenment, like just the mind, like how we think, how we approach thinking. And then in the early 1900s, then we get Freud, we get the emotional side. And we start like then using the mind to analyze the emotional side. But I think what we're really stepping into is this new energetic realm where we're starting to realize that you can't, the mind hasn't solved anything for us or like that hasn't really solved the sense of peace that we've been seeking. I've been trying to use my mind to find peace for the past, what, 20 some odd years. And it doesn't really work out for me. I can witness my emotional state and that's helpful, but it's not really until I drop into that essence, that energy of who I am, that I really then can see and move from a place that like changes can occur. And I think that you and I have messaged about this in the past and it was from a TikTok, but you and I have both, we both left big like corporate jobs making good money and we now make less money, but we're so much happier. And I think that's something that sometimes people's minds can't really wrap their head around, or they think that's just like a cliche, 
but mm-hmm. I'm curious, like what's your experience been like with that? And like, how did that come to be? Yeah. A few shatterings ago, I reached <laughs> this point of this point of no return where I did have a successful corporate career over 10 years. I've been working full-time since I was a teenager in the corporate world since 18. And so I had really been conditioned to create this level of success. And especially growing up in poverty, there's this goal that you have in your mind of, I've got to get this, I've got to get there. I've got to get away from where I came from, really driven by this lack of security. And so when I came across human design and seeing that, oh, I'm a generator, I'm here to create what I love. I'm here to build what brings satisfaction. Cool, cool. I didn't realize what had actually been switched on in me, which was the deconstruction of the false self that we were just talking about. And very quickly, my experience of the corporate world and the jobs I had started to change. Suddenly I was like, this isn't working anymore. Wow. I worked on this great team for years. Like what, it feels so different now. Someone's really been through this process. They know what I'm talking about. It starts to feel like I was a top performer. Am I not a top performer anymore? Did I lose something? Did What happened? The teams I was working on became more and more misaligned, started running into a lot of narcissism and abuse and just yes. really the most toxic workplace culture. I've talked with my partner about this and detailed these experiences over the years. And she said, that is, it is insane what you went through multiple situations of harassment, multiple. And we think of a common denominator is you. But when we look at this from this deeper perspective, really going through that third line stage of experiencing things, I really think now that I had to experience some of the worst things you possibly could in a corporate environment to really get to the other side and be able to help and guide other people through that process. Because I really know how deeply entangled it can get and the golden handcuffs that you can have on. So it just became more and more misaligned to where I felt like I was being told this isn't your place anymore. This is not for you anymore. You can keep forcing it, but the door is closed and you're just trying to pry and keep it open. (laughs) And so I had my shattering. I was like, okay, I let go. I'm letting go of control. Not going to try to make it work anymore. I'm just going to be myself. And so over the past few years, it's been this process of using my energy to do what I love. First, I was using my energy to do nothing but heal from burnout. That took me two years. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's two years. years. Yeah. yeah. It was like <laughs> a long time all through the pandemic. Just what the fuck? So I did nothing for a long time. So for sacral beings who were like, but I don't have energy. And I'm like, that it's normal, right? We have to heal to really get that energy back. And so I ended up finding myself sharing about human design, creating content about it, doing readings for friends until eventually a year ago was like, oh, is this the work that I love? Is this it? Is this the thing? And yeah, at present time, I'm loving it. It's been a lot of shifts in how I do business and it will continue to shift as I really decondition and live out my true design. But yeah, it finally feels like I'm doing something that's so deeply nourishing and satisfying and it uses my brain. I was talking to my partner about this. I was like, I was good at so many things that were so hard for me to do. I was so good at them. I could work circles around. I was working 80 hours a week for a decade. Yeah. And I'm finally doing something that feels so good and it feels so me and it feels so helpful for people. 
where money couldn't give me this. A lot of money could not give me this. Mm -hmm. And so very long quad right tangent about this in response to your question, but getting to this place now where the money and the abundance thing is just something that will shift and grow as I shift and grow. It's very transient. And the satisfaction is really where that comes from. So satisfaction and financial matters are very linked for me. And so it's something I'm still in the process of, but so much more satisfaction than I had before in the corporate world. And I can see now the path of how this is going to grow and where it might scale, but it just simply does not look like the the success of the corporate world. But I'd love to hear about your experience as well, because you've worked in design for a long time. You're working at these big like tech companies and things like that. I'd love to know more about your process with that and leaving to where you are now. Yeah. So I have, I, I was also, we didn't grow. I didn't grow up with a ton of money. And my goal was always to make as much money as possible. Like I would, I hated being the kid that like couldn't afford stuff. And that was very apparent in college. So I, it's funny because I say that. And then at the same time, when I was in college, I was actually in pre-med and all of a sudden one day I was like, I can't do this. Like the frustration level hit a certain point where I'm like, I cannot do this. I was two years in. And then I was like, the only thing that I love is design. I loved it. That's all I was doing. I was reading blogs on it. I was obsessed with design. And so then I switched to that and I was like, I'm probably only going to make 30 K a year, but at least I'll be happy. And went through the program, ended up finding out about a UX design, which is in tech and building apps and websites and stuff. And I was good at it. I was really good at it. Similar to you where it's just, I just understood it. It was like, I'm a, even though quadrate, but I'm a systems thinker. I can like look at the big picture and just really be like, this is where it's broken. This is what people need. And like really elegantly put together a solution. And I loved doing that. And I had excellent companies. And then all of a sudden, so similar to you it was like, all of a sudden I was like wearing shoes that were too tight. And then I was wearing pants that were too tight and shirts that were like, nothing felt good. And then I had in the middle of the pandemic, I got laid off at one of my tech companies, like the pandemic layoffs. And the job like after that was, I was only there for six months because it was so abusive. And I ended up finding out that the boss I had at that time, there's a whole podcast about him being a sociopathic narcissist that I didn't find out until afterwards. He like abused like ex-fiances and stuff. And what he did to them is what he also did to me. And it was insane, like you're saying. And so then I was like, I'm just going to get a really easy job. And so I took this company that seemed like it was going to be so nice and so wonderful. And then that ended up being like a horrible fit. And I was talking to my partner and I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I feel dead inside. And at the same time, while that was happening, my intuitive reading business was popping off. Like one friend recommended me to one friend who recommended me to six friends. And I was like, I'm just going to do this. We'll have a little steady income with that. And I just am going to try that out because I cannot do this anymore. And it's interesting, like very living that three line until I was like 30 it felt very trial and error. And I had a lot of shame around the fact that I couldn't be successful in it. My partner's also UX designer and he's incredible with it. And he has that, he's a Manny Jen and mm. he just goes and goes. And I'm like, that's just not how I am anymore. But anyways, I feel like there is just so much to trusting when things are, you're hitting those levels when you're, when everything feels tight and constricting and it just isn't fitting there's something to be learned there. There's something Mm. to dig into, something to reflect upon. And in taking that leap of faith, it was terrifying. And it was especially terrifying because I was, I was a zombie. 
for like the first few months. And I, I had so much shame around, I should be building my business, but I can't because I'm in burnout. And eventually came around, especially this January, I really kicked things off. And it's been really wonderful ever since then. But yeah, it's wild how there are just like synchronicities in the world are just like you, there are, will always be signs about when things are fitting or not fitting. And it's up to you to really reflect on that, take that information. And then what are you going to do with that? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And we can keep trying and trying to make it work. Yes. That was my experience. My mind going, what, what's going on here? What's happening? My body wasn't really worried about it. My body was like, yeah, this isn't working. Well, it's yes. good. But my mind was just panicking over this doesn't make sense. I was always this really hard working, solid person on the team who did everything, covered every detail, mm. didn't miss a thing, this perfectionist. And then suddenly I'm like, am I just attracting the most evil people on this yes. planet and abusive? And I just over and over until I finally just let go. I was holding yeah. on to this rope because I didn't know where I was going to end up. And then finally I had a point of wherever I end up, it's got to be better than here. So what do I really have to lose at this point? Yes. What's my worst case scenario? I examined my worst case scenario and I said, I don't even know if that's worse than here. So I let it go. Yeah. And and then then here we are, but it's, that's the thing when you might get a lot of people also asking about business and career when they're working with you, this is a primary realm that I work in with human design because as a generator who works primarily with other generators and manifesting generators, the work that we do in the world is the basis of our satisfaction. How we use our energy is so important, but it does take time. It mm-hmm. often doesn't happen overnight. For us, we we have this other thing, human design, intuitive readings and things like this. It was just like, oh, can I? Mm-hmm. All right. We give ourselves permission to dive into it. But for someone who might be listening to this thinking, yeah, I'm in corporate and it's miserable and I want to get out and do something else. It's so important to honor your satisfaction in your free time to find that golden thread. What is the work that really brings you satisfaction to where you can have that kind of launching point after you really heal and start to regenerate again, then you can really put your energy into something that you love in the world. And knowing yourself is one of the most important keys to doing that because without the support of a modality or system of some kind, it can feel like you're just floating out in the ocean and there's no, where is the life raft? Yes. But it's such a wild process. And I think I see it now happening to more and more people and it will continue to happen in the next few years up until 2020. Mm-hmm. People are like, well, it's not working anymore. Mm-hmm. What's going on? It, like you said, like the shoes don't fit. Now the pants don't fit. Now every, it's just not fitting. We are mutating. Yes we are designed to mutate. And if you have entered into like human design, it's a system that unlocks something within you. It's like this, what do they call it? Not disease, but. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's almost like an evolution of self too. Oh, one of the things I did want to just acknowledge too is also be kind and have grace with yourself when you are playing with those satisfaction things outside of your work, especially I was someone, and I think you actually pointed this out to me in my human design reading that like things take a long time for me. Like I I might be able to see the future, but I have to wait till I get there. I can't make it happen any faster and, or like what the outcome could be. So one of the things I was always really frustrated, I tried to start my tarot business, my intuitive reading business, like back when I was like 28, 29. And every time it would flop, 
every time it just wasn't working. And I was putting too much pressure on something that was still young and precious to me. And Mm -hmm. I needed to almost give myself a little bit more grace while I was building something up in order for it to get to the point where all of a sudden it, it did hit a point where I was like, oh, I know I got this now. I know I can do this, even though I would tell other people and they're like, you're going to somehow make money doing this. And I trust it. I feel it so deeply within me that it is now actually the right time, not from a place of the mind, but from a place of the body and the heart. Did you have a similar thing where it just all of a sudden felt like you could do it, where it felt like Mm -hmm. really right? Yeah. You touched on something that was so important, which is the cultivation process for our becoming, for the business that we have in the world, which is our business is us. It's this, it's not an extension of us necessarily, but it's using our energy to exist in the world, to exist in 3D. Everything we create, all of our offers are based off of what we can deliver, what we can provide, what we can see and attune to. And the same way that we would approach creating a garden, planting these seeds, fertilizing every week, putting on your miracle grow, checking on it every day, maybe giving it some love and tenderness. We need to do the same with ourselves. And that was a missing piece for me for a very long time is why can't I just do it? I was so hard on myself and taking this approach of cultivation is what really shifted everything for me. Seeing that I'm planting seeds and I need to grow them. I would not expect a flower to grow in a week or be to its fullest extent in a month. We have to give ourselves time, especially as beings who have defined root centers. We both have very defined root centers, very defined pressure. It's that adrenalized fuel, it's motivation, it's drive. So my biggest lesson has been patience. Yes. Same. Because I am like, now when I get going, there is no stopping. And we both have that channel of concentration as well. So we can just sit and we can focus for eight or 10, eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. And then, okay, where is it? Where is it? So I've really, in my deconditioning process, deconditioned my defined root center. We can have conditioning in our defined centers as well and allowing the right timing, allowing the cultivation process, looking at ourselves and our life and our career as like a garden that we're growing and giving it that time to process and cultivate and grow allows us to grow something that our mind could never have predicted. Mm -hmm. So shifting that for me is when my business started to grow because yes, I wasn't putting that pressure on it. I wasn't trying to approach it from a strategic lens. Although once we are really using our energy correctly, it's funny as quad right people, we can sometimes look back at maybe the content we're creating and then what we launched and then the email we sent about it. And it looks really strategic. It looks like, oh, I wow, that was genius. Did I plan yes. that out? No. Yes. <laughs> it's just this like nurturing the client and talking about that. Sometimes we look back and we're like, oh, this is actually really good. It looks like we had planned that, but we were just being in our energy and doing our thing and cultivating something that we were witnessing as everyone else was too. And I think there's 17 things I want to talk about with that. First, (laughs) the garden metaphor is coming up in every reading I'm doing with clients right now. And it's so important that we really realize like how much effort really comes into building a garden and you plant the seeds and you might have to wait for a bit before you see something. And then you get to the phase where you need to de-weed and water, but really the thing that you're creating has its own energy. It's like a flower where you don't have to force that flower to grow. You just have to create the space and create the like, energy around that flower, that seed for it to come to its natural fruition. So you just, it's about like the daily commitment and 
It's interesting because I'm Capricorn and I have six planets in Capricorn and Capricorns are patient. And I'm like, that's not me. I'm not patient whatsoever. But one of the things I really uh, like to flip astrology on its head is sometimes those words are like two ends of a spectrum. There's patience and there's not patience Mm -hmm. and over or overly patient. Like they never, they're stuck because they're not moving. And I like to think of even with human design, whenever you're hearing like one of those words, it seems like an extreme word that you should be this. It's like, break it down into a spectrum and there's two ends. Where do you fall on that? And where's the middle? Where's that happy ground? Cause that's the lesson that you're trying to learn. You're learning the beautiful, almost like the city from gene keys. It's like, you're learning mm-hmm. that middle ground of this is like the highest potential for it, but there's these two ends or actually not the city. That's the gift, the gift, mm-hmm. the city's one yeah. end highest. The other one is the shadow. Let's use human design. Let's use these modalities that are available to us to maybe reflect some some of this stuff back to us. So I'm curious when it comes to human design, have you ever found it to be limiting and how do you get past that kind of speaking to that like spectrum idea that I was just discussing? Yeah. So I really see it from so many different perspectives where there are limitations in our design that can allow us this really nice container to relax within, such as seeing the limitations of someone who's quad right. We cannot direct the flow of things. We can't go out into the world and be strategic and have this agenda. It will burn us out. We will miss our gifts. We will miss all of our uniqueness. We will not live up the potential of someone who's quad. So there is this choice there to look at this and see, wow, I'm really designed to be this resource for others that they can tap into. I'm designed to absorb information from everywhere. I'm actually really designed to be very strict with who I allow into my life and be able to reject the other. Ra talked about this with the quadrant being, you need to be able to reject the other, someone who's unhealthy for you in order to really live out your potential. So you can see those as limitations or see it as like you mentioned, like this exhale of oh my gosh, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to be strategic. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about that conversation I have with this person. The conversation we had was because of them. They defined that conversation. They defined what they pulled from me. I don't really need to worry about that at all. And so within that, there is this space. There's all this spaciousness or as a generator saying that I have this open enveloping aura. I'm not here to initiate I can try to initiate, it might not work out that well for me. There's this limitation there. I'm designed to have an open aura. Manifestors have a closed aura that repels, that moves things. They impact, they initiate. If I try to close my aura, I'm going to try to initiate and move things and impact. I'm just pushing things away. It just Mm -hmm. looks messy. So I relax into that limitation and see, oh, I'm just designed to attract. I'm designed to draw things toward me. And so there's this limitation that once you understand the limitation, it becomes this really beautiful recipe to follow, almost like seeing a plant to go back to the garden metaphor of this needs sun. You can put it in the shade, but it will probably eventually die. If you just follow the directions that were being given, mm-hmm. you can cultivate something really beautiful and not expect it to be something else. A hundred percent. And that actually reminds me, I'm curious for what your experience has been like trying to follow other people's formulas for business success. And like you mentioned how you will put something out into the world and you're like, oh, look at that. It actually looks like a nurture sequence. Oh, wow. That looks like the thing that people teach. But did you have to learn that you just have to trust yourself? Because for me, I 
can, I've taken a couple business courses, like small business, whatever. And they always end up flopping for me. I'm not supposed to follow other people's formulas. It feels. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of experience with this where I did a number of courses more so in my third line stage. I did a course of just about everything. I own 16 yes. domain names and started all these businesses and tried to do all these things. So that's just a whole like Same. third line stage hot mess, <laughs> but I still make skincare products. I still make all these things that I started, still do all these things. It's so funny. I'm actually currently in a business school that is absolutely fantastic run by a projector who is, has a strategic mind, does operate quite differently, has a defined ego. I find that her program has been very helpful for me because even though the modules and things are sometimes talking about approaching things in a strategic way, sometimes when we find something that doesn't resonate with us, that returns us to ourselves. So I actually really enjoy that when I see something and go, I don't want to do that. It's helping me find my own inner direction of no, that's not correct for me. And what I think is really happening is I'm able to take all this in and absorb all this, this approach to business and creating content and attracting clients. And I see it in my own way. If it was a strategic program of here are the steps to take, here is the formula that wouldn't really work at all, but it's being presented in this way of here's what this could look like for you. And here's what this could look like based off of your design. And here's how you might approach this. And if this isn't working, you could try this. So it's this guidance that has been really helpful to decondition my own strategic stuff of thinking I need to approach things from that lens and really do what works for me and find my own truth within that. So I find that learning about strategy, learning about these things allows me to really see my own point of differentiation and be able to do business in my own way. So I do enjoy learning about the opposite because I like finding those points that I brush up against and go, no, that is, (laughs) yeah, that is a profound way of thinking about it. And that is like why I one, appreciate you, but then also appreciate your approach to human design because you really, it's, and also thinking it's not, this is exactly right, or this is exactly wrong, or you have to do things certain ways. It's this very open-minded, it's a buffet versus a prefix menu. If you can't tell I'm inner vision and I just think in images and like metaphors come Same. through. <laughs> Wait, you're inner vision too? Yep. Yep. That. That's amazing. Yeah. So often I might be like closing my eyes here and there. I close my eyes a lot, especially in sessions with people. Yes. The more I've allowed myself to do that. And like the more it's always visions, it's always images and it's always on point. Yes. I'm clairvoyant. And like in my intuitive readings, Mm -hmm. I will look off screen. I've warned them. I'm not going to look at you most of this reading because I need to be able to see the images that have created this board outside of myself and see what images are coming through to read from. But yeah, I love the inner vision. I think that has like, when I found that one out, I was like, oh yeah, that's me. hundred percent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Seeing the potential realities. There's a lot there with inner vision. And oh, the last thing I'll say on the kind of business and strategy that finding our point of differentiation as sacral beings were designed to receive. Mm -hmm. So what I also really enjoy about taking in different perspectives is it's giving me something to respond to. Mm -hmm. So that feeling of nope, as you described, or "Eh, that's not me. We're responding to something. And even my mentor will say, how would you do it differently? Or if you were to start your business today, knowing everything you know now, what would you do different or what would you do the same? Mm -hmm. And so we'll go through this and find our own process. And it's really helpful for a sacral being have something to respond to your energy that rises up. We don't always feel that sacral response of the yes or the no, or the sacral noises. Everyone's design is different, but there's an energy rising up 
that can feel like this momentum is mm-hmm. coming up, especially if we're seeing something that we don't like, or we're seeing advice that we don't, you go on TikTok and you see this perspective and you're like, that's wrong. Do you want to say something about that? Do we see you have something to share? They're like, I really enjoy that. But I also have a lot of fifth lines in my chart. And so there's this like heretical mm-hmm. <laughs> nature to my design. I enjoy disagreements in, in a healthy way. It's individuality. I really appreciate individual perspectives and seeing people be totally themselves and finding our own uniqueness and where we see eye to eye and maybe where we don't. I think that's one of the most fun things because we can really explore how different we are and then come together in that. I think that's also why I've been attracted to your like content and like how you show up because you will disagree and you do a great job of just being like, I'm seeing this and that's ridiculous. Not in that, those kind of words, but kind yeah, of yeah, sentiment. Totally. And I'm like, I don't agree, but I actually love this. And it gives, I think it, it gives people like to that role model perspective, because you're the six two is it, sh- I feel like it shows people like you can just, you can disagree. You don't have to say like these big blanket statements or like trying to appease everybody. And that has been a really great mirror for me to even just open up more and be more truly myself and be okay saying this is bullshit that I'm saying. Oh yeah. I love that. It's really I just love seeing people share their truth and their outer authority and their perspective. Like even in a community like human design, there can be a lot of arguing and going back and forth. And I just see everyone's just doing their thing. Everyone's living out their truth from wherever they're at and no one's right or wrong. It's just a matter of perspective. If we really are living as ourselves, we are going to be living differently than the other. And yeah, what you mentioned about knowing what you could do Absolutely. Yeah. There are so many, the type of content you could create to bring a lot of people in the type of course you could launch. There's all these, I'm like, I could launch something and trigger just enough insecurity or questioning that someone might think that I'm the teacher who can give them the answer. And of course it's not the way I'm going to run my business, but I do see that a lot in this community where there's a lot of people who can initially absolutely crush it. And you can launch, have 30K launches that are really healthy and sustainable. And you're delivering something absolutely wonderful, or you are cashing in now on something that's going to crumble later because you are over-promising, under-delivering, mm-hmm. or really just selling to people's insecurity and not self and not delivering them something that can really help them transform mm-hmm. and connect deeper within themselves. And I think that's what it really is for me. Am I, when I'm launching something, when I'm creating content, Am I able to guide someone towards themselves or am I guiding them toward me mm-hmm. as a potential teacher or someone who can tell them what to do? And sometimes even with the content, I'll look back and I'm like, that was provoking. I don't even really know why I said that. And I'm like, I guess someone needed, maybe that helped someone find their point of disagreement. Maybe they really liked my content and thought that was the best. And then they're like, oh, actually, I'm not sure about this anymore. That's great. I'm just a person. You are your authority. Find that. Point. Where do you disagree find that because for so long, I just would look and place my authority in everyone else's hands, but mine. Mm -hmm. I paid so many people, so many teachers, so many guides and spiritual mentors. I was paying them $500 an hour when I had no money. I was like 23. And I was just always looking for an external authority. I never want anyone to see me that way. I can share outer authority. We can share our gifts, but we are always our own authority. It's always about coming back to ourselves. Yes. Could not agree more. And I honestly, like after having a couple of human design readings, I was like, I don't need another one, but I felt really called to do one with you. And I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to be just really given 
just served up information in such a beautiful and open-minded way and not feel like I like have to then rely on that person. I don't look at you and think I need you to tell me how to live my life. Like I don't, of course, I'd love to know what like skincare routines you're doing, but like at the same time, like, I don't feel like I have to know that in order to feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that is doing a full circle moment. I feel like that's really a perfect example of living from the individual and living from individuality that we are you know, evolving and aspiring to be to or be. And I'm excited to see like how the more people that you impact and how that's going to have a really gorgeous ripple effect out in the world and just see what comes from all that you're doing. I, yeah, I'm so pumped that you are who you are. And I'm so grateful for this conversation. And yeah, thank you so much. I want to turn it around real quick and just make sure that you can share everything that's going on with you and your business and how people can connect with you and what's going on there. Yeah. First, I appreciate that so much. I feel the same about you as well. It's always really exciting to connect with other people in this space who have this fire inside of them, but with this, especially being quad right, I see so much potential. This is also an inner vision thing, being able to see the potential of what's growing where so many people are really waking up to their own individuality and their truth and then impacting others with it. It's so exciting. And so as far as the work I'm doing and, and how to work with me at this moment, I do offer one-on-one -on -one sessions that are really deep dives into human design based off of what that person is looking for. For a lot of people, it's centered around purpose, around career, around skills and strengths, around the identity. And this is open G center. This is really who I attract and I'm designed to attract. And so I love working in that realm of really, to put it simply, helping other people see themselves. It's just helping people see themselves yes. and connect with their own authority. So I offer those deep dive sessions. And I also offer these illumination readings that are audio recordings. I say 15 to 20 minutes, but they've recently been like 30. Yes. Because <laughs> I just keep going <laughs> to really give people this introduction to their design that they can really sit with or to offer this integration of what they've been learning on their own. So those are the two primary ways. And at a certain point, I'll be launching something for sacral beings, the course of really diving into their design and understanding their true nature and really understanding what it is to be a generator being and how to build and decondition and all of that. So that will be coming soon. But at the moment, I'm really focused on just introducing people to their design, helping them see themselves so they can really begin what I call like the true self era, like really mm -hmm. stepping into their individuality and feeling so confident and grounded in that. Love that. A true self era. I think that needs to be, I love that. That's a really great little <laughs> phrase. And I do you like your little recording readings just real quick. Those are my, I, I do it. those as well. Those are my favorite readings to do. I really enjoy it. Also, I'm a second line body mm -hmm. as well. So the second line is in this projection field that there's something about when you're just recording and you're not necessarily interacting with that person, you can just really tap into their energy. We're probably sitting there closing our eyes, just really in this field that you can really go there in a different and deeper way. And sometimes I feel like they are so potent in a way that my gosh, would we have gotten into that if we were in a one-on-one -on -one session? So it's just mm -hmm. a little bit different. And I find that they're really enjoyable and the primary way that I'm working with people at the moment. And when people want that one-on-one, -on -one, it's a little bit more focused on 
deconditioning or bringing up like, what are the not self beliefs? Like we're really struggling and getting that emotional depth and awareness. So the one-on-ones are becoming a little bit more intense and the illumination readings and recordings are really potent ways to dive into the energy of the moment. And I know you do those as well. And they're just, they're fantastic. There it's the best. I can't wait to do an illumination session with you at some point, just to see what sort of magic like bubbles up. But yeah, everyone go buy a reading from her. It's incredible. Especially if you're (laughs) curious or new to human design, it is a perfect, great first step. Kehlani is just like, honestly, a ray of sunshine. I've gushing over her enough in this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. (laughs) Amazing. All right. I'll talk to you later. See ya. Bye.